Reading is not for play. It's to gain knowledge. Stella Adler, The Art of Acting. And she adds that I, for instance, am very strict about what I eat, and I'm equally strict about what I read. In keeping with our season theme of going back to the basics and building the strongest 2.0 version of ourselves, I'm skipping to episode 199 on the neuroscience of self-belief and our identity from February of 2022. For those who are returning guests, welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, where we cover the science-based evidence behind social and emotional learning for schools and emotional intelligence training in the workplace with tools, ideas, and strategies we can all use for immediate results with our brain in mind. For those who haven't met me yet, I'm Andrea Samadhi, an author and an educator with a passion for learning, and launched this podcast to share how the understanding of our complex brain transfers into our everyday life and results. Now, when I looked back to episode 199 on the neuroscience of self-belief and our identity, I noticed that we opened up with a quote from the late Bob Proctor and a meeting with my friend Patty, who worked closely with Bob's seminars over the years. Patty and I met a few weeks after Bob moved from what he would say was the physical plane to the spiritual, and we talked about some of the important lessons learned and knowledge gained from those days working in the seminar industry and how they impacted our daily life since then. Concepts based on our beliefs, like all things are possible if you believe, and our results are all based on our beliefs. And if we don't like what's going on in the outside world, we've got to go inside and change our beliefs. These ideas were at the core of every seminar Proctor conducted, and he would travel the globe presenting these ideas in a way that would captivate and change the lives of his listeners globally. Now, I sold seminars for Bob from 1999 to about 2002, and every time he would come up with a new seminar, people would say the same thing. What's new with this one, they'd ask. And I'd explain that this new seminar had a different angle. But some people would challenge this new angle, and they'd say, hey, that's kind of like what we learned in the last seminar, belief in ourselves to do X, Y, Z. And the answer was yes, belief is behind everything we want to do. It's at the heart of every seminar. It's also something that takes time to develop. I've heard it described in different ways. It's like pouring a drop of red food coloring into a glass of water, and you stir it once and the red coloring disappears. We've got to keep putting the red drops into the water to notice the change in color. And it's not easy to notice at what point the color goes from clear to red because this change takes time, just like the belief we must have in ourselves that develops over time. And it's difficult to put beliefs into words or know when we've got it or not, but it can be easily seen in others. I saw it while interviewing Ryan O'Neill on episode 203 on making your vision a reality because I knew Ryan before he achieved the goals he set for himself, and I remember when they were just ideas written down. 
Watching his success over the years has been nothing short of incredible, and the change shows up for Ryan on the outside. His knowledge, his confidence, his success in his daily life shows up clearly with his demeanor, and his work now is being showcased globally on the Discovery Channel, and he agreed himself with me when I pointed out this change that I could see in him. Over time, he could see it himself, but like the food coloring in the water, it's difficult to pinpoint the change as it's occurring. So how do we change our beliefs and our identity over time? Other than continual study and learning that leads to growth, what else would experts in the field of learning suggest? We can review the science behind self-belief and where belief exists in the brain by going back to episode 199, where we covered this, but today I've got to go back to the seminar industry because so much of what yielded success in those early days worked for some reason, and I can list so many others who've surpassed their goals with these principles. So my goal today is to revisit these age-old strategies that have been around for over 2,000 years. Today's episode takes us back to this one book that speaker Bob Proctor would talk about in every seminar, and even in his book, Change Your Paradigm, Change Your Life. If you've ever been to one of his events, you'll know what I'm talking about. He would say, you know, you gotta read Stella Adler's The Art of Acting, whether he was talking to a regular person like you or me, or an Oscar award winner like Phil Goldfein, who listened to what Bob told him, then took the action that led to his Oscar award in 2014. I remember Phil standing and holding this prestigious award at the last seminar I attended, and that was back in January of 2016, explaining that it all started when Bob told him to write down his goals, and he did, and the next thing he knew, there he was, standing there holding his Oscar, while the audience just listened to how simple it was for him to achieve it. Phil Goldfein would tell you it was just his belief that did it, and he went on to use the same principles to achieve something next with swimming, something he had yet to perfect, but I'm sure he's achieved it by now. And it took me just two seconds to find an interview from 2019 with Phil Goldfein that showed me he did in fact hit his swimming goal, and many others he declared back in 2016 when he stood there showing us his Oscar. What he said got him there was action. And that's one of the secrets within the pages of the book that Proctor recommended we read every seminar, The Art of Acting. Stella Adler's technique, called method acting, is founded on an actor's ability to imagine a character's world. Now, it's all starting to make sense to me why Proctor would love this book and why he would talk about it so much as he would hold his hand out and get us to look up into the air and build our castles in the sky. He was trying to get us to imagine the world that we wanted to build by looking up. And it's called method acting. And now I can see exactly how acting is connected to self-belief, building our identity, and goal achievement. Stella Adler was the only American artist to study with Konstantin Stavinlaski, a prominent figure in Russian theater, and her technique encouraged actors to expand their understanding of the world in order to create compelling performances. 
You know, what we don't understand or what we don't connect with, we tend to ignore. And that's what I did when Bob was talking about acting. I remember thinking, oh, shoot, here he goes again about that acting book as he would stand on stage and explain how Laurence Olivier could transform his character and move his audience using something called method acting. Now, I'm not at all into movies and not usually starstruck by actors or fame, as I've met many from this industry along the way, and I marvel at how they do what they do, but I'm most interested in the journey that got them to where they are today. I met director David Webb while he was shooting the horror film Taking Lives with Angelina Jolie, Colin Farrell while he was shooting the film A Home at the End of the World, and they were both out of character and just relaxing and chatting to me about what they were working on. Then I sat at a lunch table next to Steven Spielberg and listened to what his day-to-day conversations were, which was nothing out of the ordinary. But when I met Sean Penn, I knew he was an actor. Sean was in a swimming pool with sunglasses on, and he introduced himself to me And I can't do the accent right because I'm not into acting. But he said, hey, I'm the makeup guy. And he had this accent from the 1980s that anyone could place. And I just laughed, knowing full well he was playing the character of Jeff Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, just to see my reaction. I glanced over at his wife, Robin Penn at the time, and I just laughed. This was no makeup artist. He was Jeff Spicoli, and we all knew it. He was method acting, and it's taken me almost 20 years to learn about this method. This past weekend, I finally sat down and read the book that Bob Proctor would recommend in every seminar, Stella Adler's The Art of Acting. I never understood what an acting book would have to do with goal setting and achieving, so I brushed it off and just never read it. What a huge mistake. Just a glance at the table of contents... And the lights went on, and the pun is intended here. Stella Adler was teaching acting in a way that Proctor taught us success principles in the seminar world. You'll never be great unless you aim high, she says. Or, ideas are difficult because they're on paper, but read them several times slowly. The ideas will become yours, and you'll be able to give them back. Bob's practices were right in line with Stella's. He used to have us focus on a sentence, word by word, until we integrated the idea into our daily life. So what does acting, a profession that's almost 2,000 years old, have to do with goal setting and achievement? I didn't see it either until I actually read The Art of Acting and started to put the pieces together. There is a connection between reaching those high levels of achievement that leads to a change in self-belief. And it begins with an understanding of the stage that Stella Adler outlines in her book. I found an article written by Amy Bellharts that outlined the top four tips from this book from her point of view that translates to our everyday life. And she called it, What Do Oscars and Your Success Have in Common? And I've put a link of that article in the show notes. She talks about acting as doing, describing the lessons that she learned in the book. This book is something you just have to read, and you'll see what I mean as you start to see something in yourself that you might not have seen before. She outlines 22 lessons that were her classes, and she begins with a powerful story from Laurence Olivier. I heard this story over and over again from Proctor. 
And I used to just zone out because I didn't see what was so profound about some actor on stage. But after reading these pages, I began to connect the dots. Proctor tells it better than I ever could, but the main idea is that Laurence Olivier played Othello in a way one night that blew the entire audience away. At the end of the show, everyone asked him, how did you do it? And he said, I don't know, because he really didn't understand what he did. And he later discussed on interviews that he had massive anxiety about this because he didn't know how to replicate what he had done. And he worried he'd never be able to do it again. I know what he did. And it took me back to part five of our Think and Grow Rich book study, where we learned about how to transmute our energy from one form into another. It's one of the secrets in the pages of Stella Adler's The Art of Acting that explains why Laurence Olivier moved his audience to such an extent. He became someone else while he was on stage in a way that no one had ever seen before. Like Sean Penn, who became Spicoli, he became Othello in a way that hit the audience from the spiritual side, the intellectual and physical mind, and it was masterful. It was unforgettable. I bet it took the breath away from those watching. It shocked Laurence Olivier just as much as it shocked his audience. You'll know what I mean when you think of an artist that hits you to the core on all three levels. Hits your spiritual side, your soul, your intellectual side, your mind, and physically as you can feel the performance. I can name a few artists I've seen who can do this. Think about this for a minute. Can you think of anyone who moves you to the core when you watch them perform that you can barely speak? You're captivated. That's Stella Adler's The Art of Acting, and it takes the belief of the artist first. So to review this week's Brain Fact Friday, we went back to episode 199 on the neuroscience of self-belief and our identity that took us back to improving our self-awareness that we covered way back on episode two of our podcast in July of 2019. We looked at where self-belief and our identity exist in the brain, and we pondered, where does self-belief come from? How does it get instilled in us, and how can we inspire it in others? Then we looked at Stella Adler's The Art of Acting to see what acting has to do with self-belief, our identity, goal setting, and goal achieving. There were many timeless lessons in the pages of her book, and I do hope you'll read this book yourself, but here are the ones that stood out the most to me. Lesson one, acting is doing, and this came from class three. She says that you learn acting by acting, and isn't that true, that we learn when we take action? But Stella Adler was very strict with the actions she takes. She said it in the beginning that she's strict about what she eats and equally as strict about what she reads. She was also very strict about how someone stands, walks, presents themselves, saying, if your body is not in good shape, your acting can't be in good shape. Lesson two, the actor needs to be strong. And this came from class four, where she reminds us again of the importance of health and sitting upright not looking like we have broken bodies turned inward. I can just imagine her yelling out, sit up straight to her students, as I remember that was the key to projecting our voice when I was in fifth grade choir. 
We were taught to breathe from our diaphragms, and she explains this with the importance of projecting our voice. And to build our voice, she suggests to read an editorial aloud every day. First, read it with a normal voice, and then your voice should get bigger and bigger, stronger and stronger. And I can tell you for sure that recording these solo podcast episodes has helped me to build my voice. I know I speak much differently into the microphone than I do if I'm talking to someone in person or even on the phone. My WHOOP device logs my heart rate that goes up high well into the target heart rate zone each time I'm recording these episodes. And over time, I do see this practice has helped me to improve my speaking and presentation skills. I know there's always room for improvement here, but that's what Stella Adler wants us to remember. Lesson three, developing the imagination that came from class five. Stella reviews the importance of health again here and how we're all instruments of our bodies and have to keep them in optimal condition. We focused entire episodes to the theme of health, our mental and physical health on this podcast, as I also believe that without our health, we're at a serious disadvantage, but she connects this to our ability to create something in our minds. Stella teaches her students how to live imaginatively, building images on the screen of our mind first, saying that anything that goes through your imagination has a right to live. She has many exercises in this class to build up your imagination faculty so you can bring aliveness to your acting, which is much different than just acting the facts. She says you must give back life and not death. The fourth lesson, you must dress the part that came from class 16. This chapter we heard over and over again in the seminars as Proctor lived it himself. It was rare to see him wearing jeans. Even when I had to go to his house and drop something off, he'd be dressed up. He would talk about the importance of dressing for success, especially when working from home, and treating a home office just as you would if you had to drive to one. Stella believed the same, saying that you are what the clothes make of you. Clothes say something about your self-control, your self-awareness, your social awareness. Clothes say something about your ability to be restrained, your ability to be respectful. She says that when you come on stage, to stand in a way that expresses power that comes from the ground up. I agree with her that you can feel the power and energy with the way you dress and stand tall. The fastest way to feeling successful is to put the effort into looking your best every day. And the fifth lesson is portraying class on stage, which came from class 22. And this is where Stella talks about the method where understanding your character has to go beyond your own life. She asks us to imagine playing a peasant and getting into the character with class by looking at Van Gogh's painting of peasant boots, saying that everything has value, nothing is old or rotten. Stella learned method acting directly from Russian playwright Konstantin Stavanlaski, who directs the actor to apply deep, personal, and emotional connections to a role to achieve a realistic and naturalized performance. But not all actors believe in the method, as Laurence Olivier was famous for expressing disdain for method acting while filming the 1976 film Marathon Man. 
He was exasperated with the lengths his co-star Dustin Hoffman was going for his role. He actually stayed up for days to become sleep-deprived. And Olivier asked him, My dear boy, why don't you just try acting? Which I thought was hilarious and so true. Stella Adler was wary of Stanislavski's idea of emotional recall to generate emotions on stage and felt it limited actors to their small realms of experience. Adler believed more in cultivating the actor's imagination to bring their characters to life. I hope you can see now, like I did, the clear connection that exists between acting and our future success. Some people, like Phil Goldfein or Sean Penn, have used these principles to reach great heights with their careers, and Proctor would call these people consciously competent, as they were aware of what they were doing to get these results. Others, like Laurence Olivier, were shocked and amazed at their results, having no idea what they had done, and Proctor would call people like this unconsciously competent, meaning they couldn't explain what they had done. While I know we all won't be as good as Laurence Olivier or Sean Penn right away, the goal is to keep reading, learning, and getting better at whatever it is we're doing so that our results become predictable, aimed high, and that we work towards being consciously competent at whatever it is we're working on. If we can do this, then we can teach it to others who will follow in our footsteps. If we can follow Stella Adler's The Art of Acting, with whatever stage we're performing on daily, integrating her tips into her work, and aiming at hitting our audience on those three levels, physically, intellectually, and spiritually, then I know we're on the pathway towards something special. I'm so glad I finally read The Art of Acting to gain this new perspective of building self-belief and identity and can now add Stella Adler's tips to help me to become a stronger, more resilient version of myself with strategies that go back 2,000 years in time. And with that, I'll close out this episode and I'll see you next week. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com. 